0: Hello creatives, I'm Joanna Penn and this is episode number four hundred and sixty of the podcast. And it is Friday, the 15th of November 2019, as I record this in Bath and it's definitely Christmassy because it, when we got up yesterday, it had actually snowed, or it was still snowing, which was very early <laughs> for the UK. Uh, didn't settle, uh, so we didn't post any pictures. But um, there you go. So today, I'm talking about how to sell more books with reader funnels with Mark Dawson. But actually, that is the second half of our conversation because this show is also about mindset. And I, I sometimes think mindset. I mean, obviously, yes, we have to write the books and publish them and do the marketing stuff. But the mindset is so important and we have to tackle our own demons. (laughs) And Maybe uh, we could just wrestle them into submission for a little bit and then carry on. But uh, Mark, uh, you know, I I talked to Mark in in this episode about how he developed such self-confidence and the ability to do some of the things he's done, which take a lot of courage, um, and uh, yeah, and, and yeah, confidence basically. And so, I'm asking for entirely selfish reasons, but I'm hoping it will help you as well. And we also talk about why we think it's only day one for independent authors. So, a very positive discussion as ever. We're both pretty positive people. I also uh, we mention a picture from when we first met, the early years of when we met uh, in the interview, and I've put it in the show notes for your amusement. It's me and Mark and uh, Nick Stevenson in a pub in London. We think it was 2014 when ACX launched in the UK. That's that's when we kind of first started hanging out. So that is coming up. Not much happening uh, in the publishing world, so I'm going to go straight into my personal update. So NaNoWriMo. <laughs> Well, I think I rediscover every time I write a novel that it takes me sort of 20,000 words before I warm up. (laughs) Because I'm a discovery writer, um, I I don't have like a quick off the start uh, run of words. So I'm at about um, 12,500 right now. um, And I did start late, remember? (laughs) But uh, I I don't know what's going on. I'm just having a good time. I've got my... Um, I've been inspired this week by some ancient Egyptian stuff and also The Lady of Shalot, if you know the poem, um, by Tennyson. And also uh, the... Um, painting by john william waterhouse so and i do this when i write i do a pinterest board with images that inspire what i'm writing about and i have casting so i have pictures of my characters and i had a new i've actually got two new characters uh have emerged one is much clearer than the other one but um uh you know, sometimes you need a character because one of your characters has to have someone to talk to, so then you have to flesh that character out. <laughs> uh okay, so what else? Yes, so nano. We shall see, but um in I've this is the fourth time I've done nano and every other time I've done around 20 to 25,000 words. So that may be where I end up this time and that's completely fine for me. I am confident in my writing process. So if you are like me and you are sort of under the, the, the word count, then don't worry. You every good word, every word is a good word in the in this phase. Uh, getting the first draft down. If you're already finished, Nano, congratulations. Uh, so it's I think it's just a month when we focus on creation, and I don't think winning means you have to get fifty k. Uh, it means you. Actually, spend some time writing. So, yeah, hope that's going well for you as well. Also, German book launch happened this week. Uh, Three books now available in German. And I have another episode coming later this week with all the details. So, I won't talk about it now. Also, off the back of the business masterclass, when we talked about merchandise. Um, and I, I've actually had a store on Society6 for years, but I have basically never mentioned it. (laughs) I think I mentioned it once and I did a podcast on merchandising a couple of years ago, which is when I think I set it up. Um, but I have, uh, if you're interested, um, you can go to the creativepen.com forward slash merch M-E-R-C-H um, or my store on Society6 and I have yes I have some crea- The Creative Pen stuff uh, but I mainly have things like the word creative on mugs and stuff and also the affirmation I am creative I am an author which was my affirmation long before I became uh, a writer so if you're interested go check that out thecreativepen.com forward slash merch uh, or it's ne- there is now a link on the uh, menu you on my website. So I'm I'm interested in, in what might happen with that. Um, I will do some stuff for books and travel at some point as I really love that logo. <laughs> but to get the best quality, you have to have it in all these different sizes. So I haven't done that yet. But if you want creative stuff for Christmas, go and have a look. Okay, but uh, the main useful thing this week is the webinar I'm doing with Mark about Reader Funnels. So we talk a bit about it in the interview, which is coming up, but we're going to, well, Mark is obviously, (laughs) Mark will be going into a lot more details about the funnels, but also how you can use advertising at these different stages of the process. And this is, I think this is a, a, a mindset shift for me because I I pretty much do advertising according to uh, a campaign. So when I had like this, these German books, I've got some German ads running both on Facebook and on Amazon. Uh, I sent out an email and pretty much after 10 days, I'll just turn it all off because monitoring these things is not fun in my world. So I pretty much do campaign based advertising and then turn it off. And Mark here talks about, but I pretty much do the same thing every time. And Mark's talking about doing different types of ads when readers are at different stages of your process. And uh, it's definitely a really interesting idea. He'll also be doing a demo of hopefully the new Amazon ads and be sharing some of his uh, results from kind of launching as a new author. Uh, So there will be information for all levels Of author, whether you're just starting out in advertising or whether you've been doing it for a while like me, but you would like to find out more. So join us on Thursday, 5th of December 2019 at 3pm US Eastern, 8pm UK. And of course, if you register, you'll get the replay. But if you do join us live, you get to chat with me behind the scenes. So I'll be there. Um, And uh, James and John also from uh, Mark's team and uh, also be part of the live Q&A that we do afterwards uh, on all things book y and generally we just have a jolly time given that it's 8 p.m. UK i usually have a gin and tonic maybe this year it will be mold wine you never know it's definitely mold wine season the uh, the cauldrons have started appearing around bath that's how we do it here <laughs> we have cauldrons of mold wine uh, happy times so yes thursday 5th of december 2019 go to thecreativepen.com forward slash D-E-C-1-9. So December 19. So thecreativepen.com forward slash D-E-C-1-9. Deck 1-9. And again, links in the show notes. So thanks for all your emails and tweets and comments this week. Jason said on Dave's show, another great podcast, plenty to consider, particularly with respect to incorporating one's inner demons as a means of writing therapy. As an aspiring writer, I also appreciated your reminder that the indie writing scene is still in its infancy. Well, you'll appreciate today, Jason, because that's what we're talking about as well towards the end of this interview. Uh, Jin said, funny... About the AI generated text, within within seconds of you sharing the website, I paused the podcast and clicked over to check it out. To me, this is a tool in the making, and frankly, good fun. It's definitely still a work in progress. Hearing David Wright talking about his new book is great too. Been a fan since SPP episode fifteen or so. Thanks for having him on the show. So, thank you so much, there, Jen. And yes. Um, It is, frankly, good fun, I think. (laughs) I like that. Uh, Diana Gunn says, really love this week's episode. The honest discussion about writing the darkness and especially the things that scare us is really timely for me. So uh, sending uh, best... Best regards, Diana, with whatever you're going through. But yes, writing the darkness, especially as the days draw in here in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, my husband just got back from New Zealand. And of course, he was, he's was he been freezing because it, it's getting warmer in New Zealand and it's getting colder here. So the darkness is drawing in. Uh, Right. Oh, and (laughs) at Bar Star D on Twitter said, pen and write sounds like a plan. (laughs) And I hadn't even thought about that. I really hadn't um, uh, said your podcasts are essential listening. Thank you. Um, So. Fantastic. Really enjoyed those. And of course, as ever, you can tweet me at The Creative Pen with a double N or leave a comment on the show notes. You can always find the show notes and there's a transcript and all the links, thecreativepen.com forward slash podcast. Uh, Okay, so today's show is sponsored by Publish Drive. And I will play a word from Kinga in a minute. Just to say that I use Publish Drive to get my books into Google Play, as well as Chinese and particularly Eastern European ebook stores in particular. Although of course, they distribute to all the other ebook stores and have a range of useful tools for authors, um, particularly their abacus being used by a lot of co-writers now. So a word from them, coming up this type of corporate sponsorship pays for the hosting transcription and editing but my time in creating the show is sponsored by my patrons thanks to everyone supporting the show on patreon thanks to new patrons stephanie bond bill Weinberger, david burton beverly excel or excel and heather Twidel. I really do appreciate your support on Patreon. Like the tweets and emails, it demonstrates you enjoy the show and find it useful and want it to continue. And of course, you get the extra monthly Q&A, which I should probably do this week (laughs) or maybe next week now, I guess it is Friday. Um, So, uh, and yes, so for less than a coffee a month, you'll get all of that. You also get uh, 10% off my courses for writers. So if you're interested in my courses, um, you can. Just give, uh, you know, a dollar or a couple of dollars a month and you'll get money off and the Q&A. Audio. Right. You can support the show at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash the creative pen. Right. Here's a word from Publish Drive and then we'll get on with the interview.
1: Hi, writers. I'm Kinga, the founder of Publish Drive. As you can hear, I'm originally from Hungary, but I eventually went global with my team based in the United States, helping authors like you achieve indie success. Do you want to double your online sales? We can help. Publish will send your book to over 400 online stores, thousands of libraries, and reading subscription services in the United States and worldwide. This includes hard-to-access markets like Google Play and Chinese retailers, which have more than a billion potential readers. Worried about marketing? Imagine getting your books featured in top positions at major retailers like Apple Books or Kobo. We can help make it happen. Sounds exciting? You can get started now at publishedrive.com slash pen, so you will publish more and worry less. First, you can finally say goodbye to giving up your royalties. With Publish Drive, just pay a flat monthly fee for ebook distribution and keep 100% of your earnings. And we have a special promo right now that I think you'll love. You can distribute an unlimited number of books in November for less than 20 bucks a month. And as always with Publish Drive, keep 100% of your earnings no matter how high your sales go. Secondly, PublishDrive has promotional tools like sending free books to reviewers and getting featured in stores and global libraries. We even have a built in Amazon advertising tool so you can boost sales anytime. Not only that, but we make self publishing easy. You can convert ebooks for free, track sales with cool analytics, and split royalties with co authors. And the best part? You can access all this in a single dashboard. Why don't you try it out for yourself? You can get started at PublishDrive.com pan pen and redeem your promo for unlimited distribution for less than 20 bucks a month. Start collecting 100% of your royalties forever. See why thousands of authors are with PublishDrive at PublishDrive.com pan pen. Happy publishing.
0: Mark Dawson is the award-nominated internationally best-selling author of the John Milton Thriller Series with over a million books sold. He runs training courses for authors at Self-Publishing Formula, and he's also the co-host of the self-publishing show. Welcome back, Mark.
2: Hello, Joe. I should have, I should have correct you, I should have done this much earlier. I'm actually an award-winning author. If you don't mind,
0: um, ah, there I'm, you go. Well, you need to fix your bio <laughs> on your website.
2: <laughs> I won. I won the Wiltshire Life uh, Creative of the Year in, uh, in the very small, small part of the world where I live. So it's not a, not a very, very prestigious award.
0: It doesn't I'm, matter.
2: I, I can, I can <laughs> say, God damn it, I am an award-winning author.
0: No, that's great. And actually, two tips there for people listening. One is, it doesn't matter what award you win. I am the same. Okay. I am an award-winning uh, creative entrepreneur, and it wasn't that you know, (laughs) make a deal. But it's still an award and I have it on a shelf. And also updating your bio on your website. Tip for everyone, including me.
2: (laughs) Bad mark. (laughs)
0: <laughs> mark. Um, okay, well, of course, you've been on the show a number of times. So I'm not going to go and of course, you have your own show with James Blatch. And uh, pe- people should probably know you by now. But um, what I want to ask is something that has just happened. I saw on your Facebook feed that is quite a rare thing for indie authors to achieve. I mean, uh, there's probably a handful of authors who have done indie authors who've done this. So tell us about your print only deal for the Milton books that you've just announced.
2: Yeah, it's really cool. And and I, I think I have posted it in the SPF group and not everyone, I think, realized that it's a reasonably big deal. I mean, I'm not saying this because I want to big myself up. It just is It kind of objectively, it's quite a big deal. So the I remember um, back five or six years ago, um, Hugh Howey was the first I, I heard of who he managed to do this. He was able to negotiate with a, a big fire publisher to take the print rights, basically decouple the print rights from all the other rights uh, from his Wool series. And he was able to do a deal with them. So he was able to get print into bookstores and um, airport bookstores and all those kinds of places where you can sell your books in in large numbers. And, of course, remember, 70% of the market still buys print, Um, something that we we can forget. Um, So he he managed to do that. I think Bell Andre may have done it too. And a few other indies have managed to do that. But since then, and I don't really know why, um, there haven't been that many instances of – Uh, is able to do that. So so in other words, keep all the rights that they want to uh, exploit themselves, chiefly the digital rights, and then sell print to someone who might be able to do that better than they can. Um, So I've been looking at this for ages, trying to work out a way to get it done. I even um, got my brother to kind of join the the business. um, And we were in the process of um, getting quotes from clays, a big uh, uh, printer from the traditional houses to run a big uh, print run of the first Milton book. We had some contacts with Waterstones in the UK, so we thought we could get them into into stores, and we were quite close to doing that. Um, But then I I had a a contact from my agent, and she said um, she'd been out to a wedding in Marrakesh, and she was sitting next to um, someone that she knew, the guy called Mark Smith, who um, set up um, Zafra books. Uh, He also set up Quercus books, uh, published things like Steve Larson. Um, He then moved on to Bonnier, which is a, a kind of a just below the top five um, trad houses where he snagged Wilbur Smith for eight figures and all these kinds of amazing deals. And she basically got him onto the Milton books. He chewed through all of them super fast and um, wanted to publish me. Um, And so we started chatting. Um, He asked me um, what deals I'd be prepared to do. I think originally he wanted to take all rights in the traditional deal. And I said, I wasn't interested Um, But we kept talking. And in the end, um, it turned out he was prepared to take a chance and and do a print only deal. Um, So that is that's what we announced. In the meantime, he moved from Bonnier. He's just set up a a new publisher and bought Carlton Books in the UK. They've rebranded as Wellbeck Books. And I think um, I'm going to be the first fiction author published by their new fiction imprint in um, sometime next year. So very, very excited about that.
0: Yeah, that is fantastic. And yeah, as of course, I've been around (laughs) and have seen only a few people do this. Um, I think Jerry Riddle was another one who did it. Um, And of course, LJ Ross in the UK uh, has is doing her own print runs. So you mentioned thinking about that. Um, So but this is really interesting, right? Because and we're going to come on to talking about advertising, which you are the king at. But what this turned out was someone who read your books, obviously, was introduced by someone with a vested interest, to be fair, but still was introduced to your writing um, and read your books. And that's why they decided they were interested in you. So I think this is a really good craft point for people because we are going to get into ads. But at the end of the day, if your books weren't any good, then uh, this guy just wouldn't have been interested, right? So it's still about the story as much as we love marketing.
2: Oh, absolutely. And I think I could probably sell the first book in a series almost in, you know, I, I don't think the quality matters. I can make a sale of the first book in a series. I could write absolute turgid rubbish, um, provided the first few pages were good. I can probably sell those. Um, but if I write turgid rubbish, there's no way I'll be able to sell the second book. So I have no read through. Uh, the reviews will be awful. So eventually even those sales will dry up. So I think when we think about advertising and something that I would say to anyone thinking about spending money on ads is make sure your product is as good as you can make it from the first page. um, The story needs to hold together. It needs to be well written. It needs to be well edited. The cover needs to be great. The blurb needs to be great. All of those, the packaging and then the product itself, they need to be absolutely pristine um, because otherwise you may sell a few, but you won't sell many. Um, and, And that's a pretty good way to lose money.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we should just say, if people don't know much about traditional publishing, that the reason these deals are so rare is that um, traditional publishers want all of the intellectual property rights, um, all of the different types of copyright that there are. So another good example is audio rights. Most authors now can't seem to split out audio rights from a traditional deal because um, publishers now know how much money that's worth. So it's always in our interest to split out the rights, and um, so it's great that you've you. You've done that um okay so i want to move on because um when i met you <laughs> years ago and i actually found the picture of um it was soon after we met you and you and me and nick stevenson in a pub somewhere in london uh yeah. the year audible launched. you remember that
2: it was acx
0: yeah, yeah. AC, acx yeah they were just launching was it like 2015 or something 2014
2: keep going i reckon um, maybe earlier i did do i have red wine all over my shirt
0: uh, you were wearing a lovely beanie. Um, I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know the picture yeah so i i saw that and i remember it made me remember because everyone now knows you um you know you make seven figure sales with your books you've got these um deals like this print only deal you've got traditional deals with amazon publishing you 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 know you do very well with your book sales <laughs> um and it seems like you know you're incredibly confident but when i met you i remember that you at the time you'd been burned by traditional publishing you had three let's call them fails uh noir novels that you were just like, I am done with all that. And you weren't the Mark Dawson that people see today. And I want to remind people of that because it's so hard to see, you know, your journey at this point, I think. So I want to, uh, yeah, I guess I want to ask, like, how, how have you changed? How has your mindset changed? Like, how do you get from that previous incarnation of of you which many authors still feel like (laughs) to where you are today i know it's a big question but i guess it's the mindset that makes a difference
2: i think so i mean i I remember i I didn't used to be very confident when i was a i remember um when i was ringing around to try and find a university to go to after taking my a-levels i hated making phone calls i used to hate picking up the phone because um it just made me nervous. Um, I didn't. I didn't like it because I couldn't control the other side of the conversation. I suppose um, I didn't used to like public speaking. I used to be very, very afraid of doing it. Um, and you know, as we record this, I'm going to be next Thursday. I think next Tuesday. now I'm speaking to a thousand people in Vegas. I'm keynoting the 20, 20 books to fifty K conference. Um, and you know, the, the thought of doing that would have had me in hives not that long ago. So, um, I think a bit of it is just kind of being prepared to push yourself out of your comfort zone and do things that you you might not be that pleased about or happy about the prospect of doing so um you know for public speaking for example maybe i started to speak to 50 people and 60 people then a couple of hundred people and then i found i quite enjoyed it i like the buzz of being on stage i actually quite like being nervous um, because that's a good energy that you can feed off um and then behind all of that, I and mean, I know this particular subject, I know very very well now. I've been doing it for a long time, so I, I know that I can't think of a question that I would struggle to answer. So that's that's from the, the kind of the public-facing side of things. Um, but then, and then with, with regard to, to books, and you know, you're right. I did have a bad experience with traditional publishing, and, and my first indie books didn't do all that great. I, I mean, I looking at the numbers the other day, I didn't make much money to start with, but you know, it's looking at the first good review that I got from someone who wasn't like a member of my own family. Um, and then the first check that I got from Amazon and the first um, email from a reader or the first reader to join my mailing list, I didn't know you kind of build on all of those things. Um, and then before you know it, you've got a hundred people on your mailing list and t- telling you that they enjoy your books. You've got 10 reviews on Amazon um, and it just becomes, if you let it, it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy and it can kind of feed on itself. Um, and, and, know i'm fairly confident and you're very kind enough to say that my books aren't too bad and i'm confident now that i can write a good book they sell very well um i'm I'm as confident as i can be that i'm a pretty decent writer and so all of that kind of just experience and exposure um over the years has made me much more confident about this kind of stuff than i was uh, when we first met and i had red wine poured over me by nick stevenson happy days (laughs)
0: happy days yeah indeed well and that's that's great about the mindset about pushing yourself out your comfort zone that's so important and um in fact i I was at frankfurt book fair uh, a couple of weeks ago now and i was feeling you know that's always a big uh, issue with comfort zone because that is the traditional publishers den you know it is filled and it just brings up all your ego or my ego issues like i would love to be as as big as that picture of jk rowling or whatever you know that and yeah. and you, it's definitely out of your comfort zone but it's important to address you know to go face the edge so that you know which way you want to go which is which is interesting and then i also wanted to ask about like what are some of the creative practices that you have kept in place because again I think sometimes people see SPF and they think that that is your main thing so yeah what 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 are your creative practices around your writing that you still keep going
2: well that's the thing that you know when I'm freshest in the mornings that's what I do so my, my writing always comes first um Everything else from um, SPF to the podcast, to marketing, to advertising, to speaking to readers, all of that is subsidiary. So I'll usually kind of bracket my day with, I'll try and get, if I'm writing new stuff, I'll write in the morning. I'll take a break um, around lunchtime, go for a walk, walk the dog. I've just got back from walking the dog um, now. So that I mean, it's slightly different. I'm at least a little bit more recharged and able to do the other things that need to be done. So But the the main thing is always to get the words in. Um, I I don't, I feel uncomfortable if I haven't written. Um, And, you know, if you put a gun to my head and said, you can choose one of your businesses, you can either run SPF or you can write books. um, Much as James and John and everyone else might not want to hear this. I would choose writing every single day of the week because that's what I, I get off on. That's my, that's my thing.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think that's so important. So how many uh, do you just work? Cause you, of course you have um, a family, you have, you know, you have kids uh, and you work from home. Um, how do you fit your words in and how many words, I guess, do you do it at home? And do you, um, how many words do you do a day? So that just people get an idea.
2: Yeah. I mean, it depends really. So when I mean, I've been at home today, cause we, we just got back from Disney um, last on Saturday. So I'm just kind of, I've had all kinds of bitty things to do today, some household stuff as well, the internet stopped working, so I needed to get that fixed. So this morning has been a bit of a disaster, but I knew it would be, so I'm not bothered about it. So just kind of you know, clock that up and, and work, work again tomorrow. But I mean, in terms of um, the actual production, if I'm writing new stuff, um, I would want to have words down 2,000 words a day. Um, I think is I'm usually okay with that. If I can do 3,000, I'm pleased. Um, and again, it will depend on how I choose to, how I actually choose to write. So um, I, I still prefer to type, but I have found more success than I expected with dictating recently. I really enjoy dictating and it's something that I can imagine. I can see myself doing that more often. And when I when I dictate, I can do 3,000 words in an hour. Um, so, you know, those kinds of 9,000, 10,000 word days suddenly become more of a realistic, uh, proposition than they might have been if I was just typing away on, on my keyboard.
0: No, it's really it's really good to hear. And I do think that's important because, you know, our businesses grow and I'm the same. You know, I've now got two podcasts and I'm doing all these other things. And yet, yeah, you know, it's really important to get back to the book. And I've just started first drafting of a new book this morning. So, um, you know, th- we have these creative cycles, but they need to go next to our business and they need to kind of keep going. Otherwise, the business... <laughs> will will
2: fall over basically also with with spf and with you too i guess i mean one of one of my my main job as you know my role in spf is to be a best-selling author um because there's not much point in um you know if, if people don't think i can sell books why would they bother to listen to me uh, it doesn't make any sense so that's why my main job is to keep selling as many books as i can
0: yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about some uh, publishing-y things. And um, I have uh, just last week, as this goes out, put out three books in German, talking of Frankfurt Book Fair. So in German, uh, in obviously, well, worldwide, but presumably to sell in Germany, Austria, Switzerland. Um, and also have noticed in the last few weeks that Amazon KDP has added um, ads in Germany into the dashboard. Now, you have books in German. So I want Wanted to ask, um, obviously we we don't speak the language, um, what are some of the things that you are doing to market your books in Germany?
2: Well, so that's a good question. And one of the things I had, um, one of the problems I've had with teaching other people or persuading people that I know how to teach them is is that um, often people say, well, ads don't work anymore. Um, The ad platforms are swamped, it's too expensive, Um, people are, you know, ad blind on Facebook, all this kind of stuff. And it's very difficult for me to, to say that that's not true because people can look at me and, and say, well, he's got a big mailing list. I've been doing this for a while, but lots of books. Why should, why should I believe that he knows what he's talking about? I think that's a reasonable point. Um, but the solution to that for me was to look at what I was doing in Germany because in Germany, as, as you say, I don't speak a word of German. Um, I don't have anyone on my mailing list. I'm, I'm effectively a new author. Um, I have three books translated, so I, I put those into the market And effectively started from scratch and what that has enabled me to do is to is to take very careful note of the effect that the ads that i've started running um have on the sales that i have Um, so you know i've been able to show from like february uh, of this year when i started when i put those books live and then i gradually switched on the facebook ads gradually switched on the amazon ads i've been able to show um you know how much i'm spending and how much i'm making and the only reason for the increase in uh, revenue is because I've, I've been advertising. There isn't any other explanation. Amazon hasn't magically picked me out to, to make me um, a, a seller in Germany. It's because I've, I've actually turned those taps on myself. And I can, I can demonstrate, you know, with, um, with figures um, as to how effective those, um, those ads and they, and have been and how much they've generated for me.
0: And so with the Amazon ads on the, on the dashboard, cause obviously I'm planning to use those. <laughs> um, uh, is it, is it enough to use the auto ads, for example? Because of course, finding keywords is difficult. Although I know, um, uh, KDP publisher rocket, sorry, publisher rocket is releasing a German version. Um, yeah. but you know, what about auto ads? And I guess, you know, many people listening will be doing this in English, but do, you know, does it work in German slash English for auto ads?
2: yeah definitely auto ads is always the 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 best place to start so you're basically telling amazon to pick out um um, keywords that it thinks are relevant to your books um you're bidding on those keywords uh, just as you would in 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 the other markets and those ads will show to german readers on amazon.de um who will then if your ads are good enough be tempted to go over and look at your product page and hopefully buy your book so all of that is is exactly the same beyond that um the, the the principles are the same, but you do have to get over the the translation issue. So one good thing that I, I, a good tip I, I would suggest is is looking at your um, categories and looking at the best selling books and um start to use those as the keywords. So um, you know find out who is the um, the top twenty best selling romance authors in Germany and look at their names, look at the the titles of their books, um, some of the themes that they that they include, maybe look at their blurbs and start picking those words out. Um, and putting those in, into your um, your ads. Also, I mean, it's it's increasingly easy to get decent translation now from, from the internet. So, you know, you, you love futurist stuff. I saw something earlier about a, a new offline uh, phone, the new Google phone will, will translate offline. So you don't even need to be online. It's, it's basically like a universal translator in Star Trek. Um, so you can go up to someone in France and speak into your phone and it will play back in French what you want to say. Um, Google Translate is amazing now, so the the tools are there now for us to be able to um, navigate different languages that we, we might otherwise have struggled with.
0: Yeah. It just takes a little bit longer. Um, I did that with the keywords. I was like, okay, these are some of the keywords. And, uh, you know, when I was doing it manually, and then I was like, what does that, what do those actually mean? And then sort of translated them to see if they they fit. <laughs> yeah. But um, but it is it is um super interesting. And we're, we're, I think we're, we're going to circle back to, to Germany in a minute. One thing I did want to say on pricing for ads. Okay. So what I've noticed is when the UK and Germany opened up, to um, everyone on the dashboard, and previously it was just the US. Um, I think a lot of American authors are now advertising in the UK and Germany, but they might not realise that the currency is different. So, um, yeah, it, it, is the, this is kind of important, right? Because don't price in dollars because GBP and Euro are more expensive. <laughs>
2: Yeah, exactly. And things like VAT can be an issue sometimes depending on what your market is as well. So all of that kind of stuff is relevant. And also, I mean, it's easy now for us to advertise in those markets, In Germany, let's say in Germany, for example. That doesn't mean that you should. Um, it's it's there are, There's a fairly large English-speaking you know, readership in Germany, but they prefer to read books in German, obviously. Um, So, you know, I've had my books available um, in Germany, in English for years, in in the same way that everyone who, who publishes through KDP and doesn't geographically select the markets they want to sell in their books will be available in those in those um, places, and you may well sell a few. You will have sold a few over time, but you're not going to sell enough. I don't think in in English to the German market to justify advertising. It's very unlikely. You really need to get a translation done, and and that's at the moment um, is is a significant bar to entry because it's it's expensive to do it. Um, so. That would be my, my advice. If you're thinking about getting into it, it, it makes sense to to maybe look at getting a translation done first one, then using that to advertise.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I'm only doing it because, um, 7% of my book sales last year, um, were in Germany, um, in English. So, and wow. this was for nonfiction. So basically I was like, okay, well, what if I had those books in German? So I picked the top three that were yeah. selling in English and have done them in German. Um, so I've, I've only did it in a, a kind of response to the market. And these are nonfiction, which again are easier to market because of, you know, people actually searching for a keyword and finding a book that matches.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, nonfiction is definitely easier for sure.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, um, coming, you know, I guess let's take it up a level on ads because um, you have got this new thing that you're talking about uh, called reader funnels. And I think, you know, this sounds more like a philosophy of advertising. So, give us a bit of an idea as to what reader funnels are and how they can help authors.
2: Right. So this is, I've been doing Avs for a long time now. And I, I think as is often the case with me, I, I kind of drift into a pattern where I, I just, I do, I do the state, the steps along the way. I, I'll keep repeating without necessarily thinking about what the underlying philosophy of, of the process is. So I've been thinking about a a little bit and what I've, what I've done is take a funnel, which is a fairly, I don't like marketing words very much, but, and this is unquestionably a a word that comes from marketing. A funnel is something that you, you put a, a prospect down, let's call them a prospect. So a potential new reader, you put them into the funnel and the funnel narrows as it goes down. So you're gradually refining uh, the characteristics of the readers that are progressing down through the funnel so when they get to the bottom, they, they know who you are, they know about your books, they probably have joined your mailing list. They've kind of, at the bottom, they become your super fans. And obviously we want as many of those as we can. At the top, um, they could be, for me, for example, they could be someone who um, I know through Facebook ad targeting uh, is interested in the books of David Baldacci. So books that are reasonably similar to mine, they probably don't know who I am at that point. They probably haven't heard of my characters or seen my covers or any of that stuff. So what I'm gradually trying to do as they progress through that funnel is introduce them to, to me uh, and to my books and, and my characters. By the time they get to the bottom, uh, they, they would have seen different ads on different platforms. They'd seen some Facebook ads some Amazon ads. They would have seen some organic um, advertising that maybe Amazon has done for me or BookBub, uh, all of this kind of stuff. So by the time they get down to the bottom, they have either bought the book or they are absolutely ready to buy the book the next time I, I, I send them an ad uh, with a chance for them to buy.
0: OK, so that that kind of describes the funnel. Um, so I, I get that. But uh, I, f- I feel like the missing link there is how we treat People at the different levels, because at the moment, you know, and I, I put my hand up as guilty. Um, and you, you taught me advertising, and but I am absolutely guilty of only using like about ten percent <laughs> of what I should be doing. Uh, so I know how to, for example, I've got a book coming out. I will just run some Facebook ads to my list and the lookalike list, and I'll stick some Amazon ads on, and that will be my campaign. Boom, yeah. done. Send an email out to my hot people, my my so the, yeah. that is kind of I guess a, a hot and a warm um level so what yeah. are the different ads that we might use at the different levels of the funnel
2: Oh, right. so at the, let's look at Facebook for example so at the top level of the funnel so you're basically looking for people who might like your kind of book um so you could use interest targeting so it could be um similar authors so you might want to target Dan Brown uh, as, as a similar author because you know that people who like Dan Brown will probably like Uh, Your um, arcane books, for example. Um, So we will we targeting them. What we we may be doing now, um, unfortunately, is well, it's one of the one of those things that as the platform becomes more mature, it gets more difficult to to get those easy wins. When I started doing this, it would be enough just to serve ads to Dan Brown fans saying buy my new book, Um, and they often would do that. It's more difficult to do that now. So what my My new thinking and what I'm doing a lot now is to basically serve what I call engagement ads up at the top of the funnel so that um, I'm not necessarily at that point looking to get them to buy at at that time. Some of them will. Um, You'll still sell a good amount, hopefully enough to to cover the cost of the ad. But what you're trying to do is to build up what you you call an engagement audience. So anyone who clicks on the ad, anyone who watches a certain length of the video, if it's a video ad, anyone who likes it, comments on it, anything like that, what you're then doing, Facebook will, will remember those people and will build a new audience for you of people who have engaged with your ad. So the next level down, what you know about them is that they like the books of Dan Brown and they liked your ad enough to have done something positive in that regard. What you then do is you serve a slightly different ad to them, um, persuading them at this point that you know, this is a book that they will enjoy. Um, you have a much it's a much warmer audience. You know more about them. You can you can craft your ads. More particularly, because you've just got more knowledge. Um, so that middle, that middle portion of the ad of the funnel, where you have a fairly warm audience, that's when you start to, to sell. And then as you get down to the hot level, so people who are on your mailing list, people who follow you on BookBub, people who follow you on Amazon, uh, your Facebook page, all of that kind of uh, much more engaged area, area of the funnel, that will always be your bread and butter. So as you do right now, I, I is absolutely right. Is making those kinds of, it's sending those emails out, making those ads. That is where you will convert. You'll get the most sales in return for the investment that you make with your ads. But you're constantly funneling people down there. Um, You're always trying to drive them to the bottom of the funnel.
0: Yeah. Well, that makes sense. And I I think, uh, you know, a lot of I guess at the moment, a lot of people have the cold ones, which is, you know, trying to get new people in. And then they have the hot ones, people on their email list, for example. Um, But that warm level, I think, is really messing in those kind of engagement ads. Those engagement ads would be cheaper than the cold ads because. Yes. Yeah. 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 So that's important. I mean, obviously, because at the moment, my Facebook ads to my list are really cheap. Yeah. which is fantastic, but obviously if you're just doing a broader, you know, down brown plus, um, am, you know, Amazon Kindle, Kindle. Uh, yeah. it, it might be super expensive.
2: Can be, although, I mean, I still see many people doing very well with that kind of fairly basic targeting, but what I'm, um, I get a lot of people now, you know, we've, we've had over 10,000 people take the ads course now, something, I think something along those lines. Um, and what we, I see quite a lot of people saying that I need, what do I do once I've, you know, I, I, maybe I've done very well on these ads into an audience that hasn't heard of me before. What do I do when, when they have heard of me now? What's the next step? And I've been thinking quite a lot about um, different tactics and slightly more advanced strategies. And, and that that kind of thinking, that kind of philosophical switch is, is what I'm, I'm looking at right now. I'm probably going to be doing a, a new module for the ads course, which we, we give everything away. If you bought a course from us in, in the past, you'd get it all for free. So I'm going to have a new, slightly more advanced Module that goes with the the basic course, um, and when we when the course goes live at the end of this month uh, into December, that is something that the new students and old, old students will, will get as well
0: i think that's fantastic and yeah i mean the reality and and why i i think you are amazing about this stuff is you keep re-recording things whenever they change these uh systems which they change all the time so i i know that's why you only um open up the courses twice a year because you have to change things and update them so um thank you for continuing to do that because it doesn't stop does it the change
2: no no, no you already mentioned the amazon um switching so that you don't need to have an advantage account now to advertise in Germany and the UK. That does mean I have to re-record quite a lot of the Amazon course. Um- so that's um that's on my slate for later this month when I get back from Vegas. So it's 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 never ending. Um,
0: yeah,
2: <laughs> it's, it's never changing. It never stops changing.
0: It doesn't stop changing, which is which is fantastic. So uh, very excitingly, because this is new material, uh, we are doing a webinar together on the fifth of December twenty nineteen, and this is time limited. Um, so uh, people can find that at thecreativepen.com forward slash dec 19 So December nineteen. DEC19. Links in the show notes. Um, so tell people what they will discover uh, in that webinar.
2: All right. So it will be things like I'll go through my German experience. I'm, I want to show people, I want to demonstrate to people that advertising works. And I can do that with you know, very um definite figures because that was a new market for me. People didn't know who I was. So I can show you I'm unbased of anything else. The ads have worked for me in Germany, and as you said to me before we started recording, you don't need to be selling in German. The the, the principles are the same if you're a new author anywhere. Um, so that will be useful. We'll go into the reader funnel a little bit. We've got some nice little animations that make it really really easy to understand, um, and I'll try and do some practical stuff as well. So maybe we'll look at the Amazon dashboard, and, and we'll look at just how easy it is to, to serve an Amazon ad now. And we've done. We've done some live stuff before with Facebook ads, and I think it'd be quite good to, to do um, a, a demo with some Amazon ads, some simple, automatic Amazon ads that people can start running immediately after the webinar. So they don't need to, to buy anything. They can actually start testing them um, straight away.
0: Yeah, that will be fantastic. And I certainly, you know, I continue to learn more about ads myself, as as we just said, it's ever changing. So uh, people can join us, com forward slash DEC19. So before we finish up, I do want to also um, ask about what you think might be happening. So basically, SPF has courses, you've got a podcast, and now you're moving into events. Now, I'm I'm going to be at the SPF London event in March 2020. Uh, you're off to the 20 books to 50k Vegas, which is now like a 1,000 people. And these events yeah. are selling out. I mean, you didn't even have to do anything but put something in a Facebook group to sell out London. Um, it feels like uh, these events, there is a hunger for indie author events that I have never seen before and when i was at frankfurt i looked around at frankfurt and went oh my goodness it's it's like 2012 in the usa because the, the romance authors and the fantasy authors are are getting booths at frankfurt and it, it's like yeah. it's it's just beginning in germany and as we know germany really is kind of the next cab off the rank in terms of you know things yeah. taking off so what is going on like are we just are we suddenly at day one again like jeff bezos says <laughs>
2: i think i think we're in day one everywhere that's i mean i've been thinking about this quite a lot recently and and i, I am in an you know you two are in an unusual position and that we are very well connected both with people at the start of their careers and people who who have you know, been going for a little while and um i look around now and I, I think that we are we're very much in the early days still of um self-publishing and and the reason it's kind of counterintuitive to say that because um, because we surround ourselves with other writers who are self-publishing, it becomes a little bit of an echo chamber. So it's quite easy to persuade yourself that, um, you know, what's possible with even the most basic stuff, like it's possible to put a book up on Amazon and sell it around the world um, with it within like 30 seconds. People, you know, we know that's possible because we've been doing this for a long time and everyone listening to this podcast will know that, that that's the case. But um most people don't know that. I, mean, I I've done. I did a. I did a couple of. I've done a lot of speaking this year. I did um, one in um, Shaftesbury, which isn't too far away from Salisbury. I only did that because they put me up in a nice hotel for the night with with the wife. So um, we went and did that. And I asked before I started speaking, yeah, who knows what's possible with independent publishing? No one put their hands up. Or maybe one did, one person because she was a, a course member. Um, and it's also the case. I went to a school. I went to my daughter's school and they had the sick form there. And I asked them. Who um, knew what was possible with publishing to Kindle? None of them put their hands up. So you kind of you see that, and you think, well, most people have no idea what's possible. And I think that's incredibly exciting. I mean, it's exciting for me as someone who teaches people how to self-publish, but it's also it's, it's exciting for me as as an author because most people still read in print. You know, that so you have this kind of fast accelerating market when it comes to um, authors learning what's possible. You've got people. You know gradually um picking up kindles you know we, we, we aren't at an inflection point yet i don't think we're, we're close to it um which I, I think that's you know fantastic and as you say when it comes to the the, the course we're sorry, when it comes to the the live event um i was staggered by that we we originally booked a venue that held 280 people we sold that in 90 seconds um <laughs> just basically posting into the facebook group we we actually crashed The little PayPal page we had crashed and I was getting annoyed emails from people. Um, We then moved to the South Bank Center, which has nine hundred and fifty capacity. And we sold that in just under a day. Um, So that's a pretty good indication um, that there is a very, very big appetite in Europe. Also in the US, you know, with with um, 20 books and and all those conferences and I'm, I'm, I know there's a massive interest in Aust- Australasia. I've been asked to go to New Zealand and Australia to talk. And I know you, you've, you've done that before. Um, people want to learn how to do this. Um, I think that's just very, very exciting. It's a great time to be writing right now.
0: It is. And, and it's so strange, isn't it? I actually loved going to Frankfurt for that reason, because, it, you know, so- sometimes you know we, uh, I've been doing this this podcast over a decade and some days I'm like oh you know is this useful any longer should I you know d-? sometimes I feel like I'm talking about the same stuff or you know people ask the same questions but it's it is day one for those people it's you know some people listening this may be their first introduction it was quite an advanced introduction <laughs> sorry if this is your first show um, but you know it, it is it does seem so crazy that it's that it's really the beginning. So, I mean, looking just looking forward, um, you know, a- anything else you see on the horizon, or anything else you're excited about?
2: Well, I'm quite excited about one thing we might do at the conference. We're, we're thinking very seriously thinking about getting everyone a, a free t shirt because um, we, we've had the, the conferences on, on Monday, the 9th or tenth of March. Um, the Tuesday is the start of the London Book Fair. And so what we've said is that everyone should go to the book fair. It's not expensive. It's definitely, if you're in London, it's something you should definitely do. So what we're thinking about doing is getting everyone a bright red T-shirt with with something on it that is, you know, a polite two fingers up at, <laughs> um, at the industry that will dominate Earl's, Earl's Court when when we're there. Um, and then just imagine if we have, say, 700 people come <laughs> and they all turn around wearing these branded T-shirts saying something like, ask me about my royalties or you know, anything <laughs> That would be brilliant. Style, but I think that would be hilarious. <laughs> uh, so I'm quite excited about that. But I mean, apart from that, that being privileged I'm, I'm excited about you know things like print only. I think um, we, we'll see more of that. Um, I'm excited about the, the rapid growth in audio. Um, I had my first Audible original production go live last week, uh, actually on my birthday, and that has a, like a cast of ten or fifteen all um, actors performing my my story with sound effects and music and everything I, I listened to it and it's just amazing it's amazing i it was really uh, such a cool moment to listen to that um and you know the the even for people who are just getting involved in, in self-publishing it is a very very exciting time to be writing because you, you really you don't need anybody to, to give you don't need anyone's permission to to get your words out into the world now and that was um it, that's that held me back for a long time and it, i know it holds lots of people back and Those restraints are not really relevant anymore, which that's that's liberating, democratizing and very exciting.
0: It's so funny you mentioned that, because one of my very first blog posts on the creative pen, uh, it was uh, you do not need permission. And yeah. that permission is so pervasive. Uh, you know, for example, we both have friends who are traditionally published, and you might say to them, um, you know, well, hey, do you want to be in this promotion, um, or even do you want to run some ads? You know, and they can't because they don't have permission to use their own work um, in in these things, um, and don't have access to you know change their prices or any of this type of stuff. So that permission aspect is still is still really important in the community.
2: Yeah, it is. And I mean, and it's, you know, I've had, we obviously see the the students who are coming on board with either the one-on-one course or the ads course and more, I won't say who they are, but I, I've had a good number of quite well-known authors signing up now because they are either getting very close to deciding they want to publish themselves um, or, the, or they're doing it already. Maybe they haven't, you know, they're they're not getting great um, advances anymore. Um, And they, they, you know, what the hell, why don't they just do it themselves? And so we're starting to see more and more of those kinds of um, authors coming across. And then on the other end of the scale, you've got um, Amazon publishing with Patricia Cornwell and Dean Koontz and and people like that who are now writing, not quite self-publishing, but more edging more in that direction. So you know, the, the the portents, I think, are, are very encouraging for the health of the industry that we're writing in. And, and, you know, I think the next five to 10 years is going to be really exciting.
0: Brilliant. Well, hopefully we'll still be doing this in a decade. <laughs> so where can people find you and everything you do online?
2: All right. So for authors, the, the best place is selfpublishingformula.com. Um, we have a podcast on Friday, The Self-Publishing Show. There's a YouTube channel as well for that if you want to watch it Um Want to watch it in, in video. And then if you're interested in my books, um, it's markjdawson.com. And I'm easy to find on, on the socials and all of that kind of stuff.
0: Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for your time, Mark. That was great. Thanks, Joe. So I hope you found the interview with Mark useful today and he is always ahead of the pack in terms of paid advertising for authors. So come along and join us on the free webinar if you'd like to learn more, thecreativepen.com forward slash DEC19, like December 19. Uh, And that is Thursday the 5th of December. Coming up later this week, I have my in-between episode on self-publishing in translation, Adventures with uh, German. And that is a solo show. Thanks especially to my patrons on Patreon as you guys pretty much pay for those shows. And next week, I'm talking to Andrea Pearson about writing with a family. So check this out. Andrea has over 60 books written and she homeschools her three kids. So if you think I get a lot done, (laughs) check out what Andrea has to say about her scheduling and productivity tips. It is a great interview. So that's coming up. Happy writing and I'll see you next time.